Hello, and welcome to Darkness Loves Us. An all things horror podcast. I'm Sarah Lopez. And I'm Tennille Bradshaw. And tonight, we're coming to bring you our book report on The Love Witch. The Love Witch. I hope that you have watched this movie already. I hope you have. It's a real treasure. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't watched it, take a moment, pause us. Go watch it and come back. That's right. It's on Amazon it's on Prime. Amazon, yeah, Amazon Prime. It was like three ninety nine or something. It was well worth it. It absolutely was. I actually went and bought it. Yeah, I definitely would like to own it. I would watch it again. And also, we need to shout out the listener. Yes, that uh, uh, recommended this film to us. Yes, yeah, so it was listener Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. Yes, and we'll actually tag her because um, listener Jamie also has um, a wonderful business called Oberry's Succulents, and she does amazing work with plants and succulents and she sells them at markets and she also I think sells them in some other ways and I have a bunch of her stuff and it's all great that's awesome and so she I ran into her and she told me have you watched the love witch yet you guys should should do it for your podcast and I was like no I've not even heard of it yes and then I remembered once I looked at I'm like that must be the movie that Sunil was telling me about that looks it looks like it's a vintage movie but it's actually a new movie yes so that's so exciting. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you a little bit of the particulars, to yes. deal, and then you roll into the actual heavy, like heavy hitters. Yes, okay? we'll do. Um, so this is Halloween weekend. This it is. this episode is going to come out on Halloween. Happy Halloween, you guys! Man, this our, is our most unholy of days is here, right? Finally, and you might be like concerned. Do you think our listeners might be concerned? Like, oh no, spooky season is over. Yeah, but we want to remind you. No. It's never over. It's never over here. It's not for us. It's Halloween every day. Halloween every day. We're going to roll right through November. And into December, we have some fun things planned to cover in in December. Some holiday scaries. There's always some good spooky holiday Mm. stuff. Um, So, you know, hang with us. But tonight, we're going to talk about The Love Witch. And I know you guys are going to enjoy watching it. Yes. So, The Love Witch premiered at the International Film Festival in Rotterdam in the Netherlands in May 2016 and was acquired for distribution. Distribution at the Marche du Film uh, by Oscilloscope Laboratories, which was founded by Adam Yock of um, the Beastie Boys MCA, who sadly passed away in 2012, and David Fenkel. And they've produced a lot of films that, like, smaller independent yeah, films that films. I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was Exit Through the Gift Shop, that Banksy mm-hmm. um, documentary, and also that like heartbreaking film Dear Zachary Mm -hmm. which is another good documentary Mm -hmm. and they've also produced some others that weren't um documentaries they have a long list of movies that they have um you know produced and definitely see them all I think after looking through it I'm like oh that movie oh that movie like there's so many yeah so definitely they have done a lot of good work um so this film was filmed, uh, The Love Witch was filmed on location on a soundstage in Los Angeles for two weeks, and then after that, they took it to Eureka, California, where they filmed most of the rest of the movie, except for, go ahead. Um, Eureka, California. I was going to say that in the scenes of the movie where that town is so cute so is cute. Eureka. Now I'm like, I want to go there. I know. It's adorable little town with like, little shops and things. It was really cute. Yeah. And um, then you'll remember that tea room. That yes, beautiful tea room setting that it was just so. Like I can't even like put it into words. There must be a word that describes that exact type of decor, which is like it's, it's like, like prairie princessy 
Victorian. Yeah, so it's 60s. like the 60s where they used to wear those hippie dresses, but there, it was a hint of like Jane Austen in there. Yes, yeah. Um, and it's just very flowery and Gibson girl yeah. sort of. Um, big big bun, hair buns, like and a, like flower prints. Yes, and that, that specific type of hair bun that is like a loose Edwardian kind of like yes, bun. Like, like those flea market dolls that you that oh. had the big dresses and huge eyes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, that very 60s look to it. And I would also say, like the bun worn by, is her name Marissa? Moretta on Anne of Green Gables. So the... Anne of Green Gables' mm-hmm. new, like, mom. Marietta, I think. Is Merelda. Oh, frick. Oh, my God. And I love it, too. Someone's Miranda? screaming it right no. now. Miranda? No. All right. I'm She's going to look it up. I'm anyway, that kind of loose bun that's mm-hmm. very specific to that mm-hmm. time. Anyway, that whole scene that is, like, that sp- such specific aesthetic was filmed at the Herald Examiner building in L.A. And I... Feel like I must see that room after <laughs> in real I life. I know, I know. It was so cool. Um, so the director and writer, which Danielle will talk about, um, is Ann Biller, and she won the Chicago Film Critics Award. She also, for also, the film also has won many Independent Spirit Awards, and it won Best Cinematography at the Dublin International Film Festival and the Dub- Dublin Films Critics Award. And Samantha Robinson, who plays Elaine, which who is the love witch, um, she also won for Best Actress at the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. That's I would fun. love to attend the Fangoria Chainsaw never? Awards. We yeah, need to. Let's make it happen. I know. So um, it is Marilla Cuthbert. Oh, is Marilla from, Cuthbert. Yeah, is yes. from Anna Green Gables. So her Marilla. That's she had that name. Marilla hair. Mm-hmm. It also is like a hair you that is specific to, I think, the old Sears and Roebuck ads yeah you would see ladies like drawn with this specific type of hair hair. loopy bun hair so i'm going to post the picture of one of those flea market dolls Mm -hmm. uh, along with of course a picture of the tea room so we'll see what you guys can see if you haven't seen love witch what we're talking about yes and i'm i i have this i used to have one because my grandma gave me one Uh and she had a red dress on and a parasol and stuff Uh like that i'm gonna i'm gonna post a picture of that i'm finding it you know there was this certain kind of style that came back in the late 70s I'm sure it was around in the 60s too but the late 70s early 80s very early 80s that was like this redone western kind of Victorian style like that yeah and Holly Hobby-ish sort of yeah it's like a real specific style and I have such a warm place in my heart for that look Mm -hmm. so when I saw that tea room I was like oh this feels so good I just love it so much so that's all for me, Tanil. Those are the oh, it, it did get distributed like um, very small after 2016. After it did all these um, film awards, and it has amazing reviews. Like it has 95 percent, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh-huh. Um, it has a ton of of everywhere. Every, almost everyone that's reviewed it has given it really good reviews. So it's not surprising to me that we love this movie so much. Here are the doll. The doll. Oh yes. Uh, this is more, yes. that's what they look like. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. Mm-hmm. I had not thought of them mm-hmm. in a million years. I know. You're going to definitely put one of those on That's what that tea room looked like. Yes, you're so right. So, um, yeah, so I'm pleased to have the portion to talk about the people involved in The Love Witch. Yes. Because, um, so, first off, I will talk about uh, Anna Biller. So, she is the writer, director, and she did the film score 
and she edited this film, like Sarah was saying. Um, so this is her baby, um, and she is a writer and director who creates unique, female-focused, very, very visual, very vivid style-type films. Mm -hmm. She's a BA from UCLA in art and an MFA from Cal Arts in art and film. Um, her first film is called Viva. What a smart lady. I know. And Viva was shown worldwide at film festivals, and it gained some cult status. So I feel like we need to see what Viva oh, is about. Oh, we definitely need to. Um, so uh, also, so she was writing the script for The Love Witch, and currently she'd been reading a lot of um, self-help books about relationships. Mm -hmm. And there was a theme that stuck out, an advice that stuck out to her about what if a woman wants to keep a man around, she should love him less than he loves her. <laughs> Which, you know, Jesus Christ, about these games you have to play mm, with men. So but, stupid. But, you know. But also, don't we always? I know. <laughs> I know, right? Okay, so, so she started noticing parallels between this advice and female characters in classic cinema that love someone to death. Like, mm -hmm. it becomes a, a terrible thing for them. So she decided to create the character of Elaine in that same uh, vein. Mm -hmm. So she also studied witchcraft for the film because, of course, she's the love witch. And, mm -hmm. and she, this is more of a, um, a traditional Wiccan path that, mm -hmm. that uh, the love witch is on. And so Elaine also um, uh, used her own witchcraft practice. Right. So she practices as well. Uh, so she ended up decorating Elaine's apartment with colors from the Thoth tarot deck. Right, which, which is I that classic I've seen. deck. Isn't that that classic that's deck? Rider Waite is the classic oh, deck. Oh, okay, okay. So that's the one with a lot of yellow in it. Uh-huh, yes, so, very yellow forward. Yeah, so we're going to look at Thoth. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, look it up. So the casting for the film was uh, uh, an audition process, and she said that the most difficult for her to fill was actually the role of Trish. Mm -hmm. uh, which is the best friend, or not best friend, but the friend in the movie. Yes, which is a very particular type of character. So I, I can see how that would have been a hard one to, she seemed like it was made for her. Yeah, and she says that she didn't, Biller, Anna Biller says she didn't intend for an English actor to be in that mm -hmm. role, but that um, the actress who played Trish just was perfect. Um, she wanted someone very poised and self-possessed and a particular, had a particular quality she was looking for, and so she did go with the British actress to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she definitely did have a, a, a certain quality that it does not seem to exist in people today. You know what I mean? Yes. So that leads me to the cast. So Elaine Parks is played by Samantha Robinson, very beautiful mm -hmm. young lady. Um, she's uh, in her 30s. But, uh, her name's or her. She was born in New York um, when she was a three-year-old. Her parents were in English parents. Um, she moved to London at age three and attended an all-girls school in South Kensington. Um, and then came back to Miami, moved to Miami. Um, so she's lived around. She's lived different places. Oh, that's interesting. I think deck. that's that Aleister Crowley deck. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense because there is a lot of Aleister Crowley in this movie. Do you know what I mean? References. And yes. also a little, a, a little, we'll go into it, mm -hmm. but I feel like the, uh, oh, yes. the leader of the coven had a very Anton LaVey look as well. Yes. So anyway, um, so um, Elaine is our played by, or Samantha. Sorry, I'm a little scattered today. Samantha Robinson. Um, she was in a Lifetime movie, like one of her first parts was a Lifetime movie mm -hmm. called Sugar Daddies, oh. and that was with 
I know. I'm like, oh, I have to look and see Sugar what this daddies. is. With Peter Strauss. Of course, it, he's always in those. Yeah. And then she's she, one of the people that gives me the strongest amount of ick. Did you know that about Peter me? Strauss. So is he not the same guy that plays Schmidt's dad on New Girl that ends up just ends up hooking up with? Because I couldn't stop thinking of who the person who was with Laura, I mean, Lauren Graham, Peter Krause, and I can't picture Peter Strauss. Oh, this is not who I thought Peter Strauss was. Okay, so I'm going to look and see who he is. Oh. I know who this guy is. This is not at all who I thought this was. Okay. But yeah, he was he was in um, um, Melrose Place, right? Um, he was on the Mary Tyler Moore show, played a boyfriend on there. He's been acting a long time. He was in a movie with, uh, oh, he was in with Judith Light, an abused husband movie, Men oh. Don't Tell. Oh. oh. I know. Uh, he was, he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he has like a particular 70s, 80s actor look to him. So I was, that's not who I pictured either. Okay. So, um, of course, she, this is a, a lead role for her, but she also played Abigail Folger in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, with, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh, with, uh, uh, of course, DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. So mm-hmm. um, that, she's done some stuff. She's still in some, she's still working. Mm-hmm. She's in a movie called um, Darwin Fink. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a small film. It's uh, coming out this year. Mm. It, I feel um, like she should be a major movie star. She, Just because she, I, she was such a great actress. Yes. And so different than what you see all the time. And also, I will go into more about the film, but just that there's a definitely uh, a, a theme in this as mm-hmm. far as how they acted, too. Mm-hmm. So yes. we'll, we'll talk about that. So then it brings me to um, Trish, who is Elaine's friend, um, is that the British actress. Her name is Laura Waddell. There's not a lot on her, but she is a British actress. She's done a lot of theater. She, in particularly prestigious West End Theater in London, mm-hmm. and that's a big deal there. And She's, a lot of BBC TV. I have watched so many British so much BBC TV. Mm-hmm. And she must not do a lot of crime TV because that's usually what I that's watch. What I, I mean, I listen. There's like 20 actors in, in Yeah, in you England. see them over and, and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, but I haven't seen that. her much. And no. I really thought she was a great actress. I think her emphasis, yeah, she does a great job. But she does a lot of theater. Mm. And then the uh, other uh, big player in The Love Witch is the character Wayne Peters. Mm-hmm. So he was played by Jeffrey Vincent Paris. Um, he's was known his big part he was known for uh was for asmodeus on supernatural from the year 2017 to Mm. 2018 Mm -hmm. so the later seasons um and then he also had a part on mad men for a little while a character named vince so probably just a small character he was on mad men yeah we'd have to look him up i'll have to look him up because you know i've seen that like 12 times and i i don't remember him Yes. So, and the other thing, just, I think that Anna Biller is fantastic. I love everything I've read about her. I definitely want to visit her film, Viva. I think that would be uh, very interesting Mm -hmm. to see what kind of movie it is. Um, And yeah, so we can talk about The Love Witch. Um, It's how the mood that I was talking about was it has the look of a 1960s movie. Yes. So much to the fact if when you're watching it, I felt like at the beginning, uh-huh. you're like, is this like supposed to be in the 60s? Like you're wondering, like, you know, it's a newer made movie, but it's, 
But it's not. Right. It's just the aesthetic of it. it. Yes. And so sometimes you're like, hey, I see a computer or hey, I see a modern car. But it really doesn't matter because it doesn't matter. It's this is a mood and a and a an aesthetic. And she never makes it uh, explicitly known that we're in a period film. No, no, I don't think it's even supposed to be. No, because they were cell phones. Yeah. So it's like it's just really interesting. And also the way they act is very like. Uh, like a serial TV from the 60s. Yes. Like, oh, no, Brad. Yes. Like, just, that's how they all but act. But it's not annoying. It isn't. It's so great. It is so great. I just loved it. Yeah, so it's just really, and the men and the women have this particular look. Uh, um, especially, I noticed with the men. The men look like 1970s. Like, they could, any of these men could have been an episode, I've been on an episode of Bonanza. Like, they could have. They have or, a rugged. Matlock. Yeah, rugged 70s mm-hmm lead male actor look to them if they were on a right guard commercial in the 60s or 70s i'd be like yep yeah like a very masculine or like a print ad for like a set suit with a wide tie yes. in the 70s yes like they look they have this look like yeah, they're they the really ideal do. 60s 70s masculine look yep they definitely do so elaine is obsessed with love she even says she's obsessed with love and mm-hmm. she's addicted to love and she's trying to find someone to love her and that she loves and that's she's looking for this ideal fairy tale love and Mm -hmm. she's escaping a situation when it opens up she's in her car she's trying to escape uh the town she she left san francisco is Mm -hmm. where she left and she had a previous marriage and he left her is what she says Mm -hmm. but they show him that he dies Mm -hmm. so you kind of go into that and she also talks about having a complete nervous breakdown and being in therapy but she's like, but I'm fine now. But I do have, she said, oh, I'm fine now. But I do have um, intrusive thoughts, she mm-hmm. says. Yes. Which I thought was interesting. I love that. And uh, she has such a distinct look. She's mm-hmm. got her uh, bright blue eyeshadow, fantastic eyeliner, and waist-length dark hair. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, I want all her purses in this yes. movie. Because she has those snapshot 60s handbags. All of them I, are great. I love them. Yeah. Um, she just looks amazing. And so she comes to a new place. She has a friend in the area of this California town. And she's going to stay in this gothic, Victorian-looking home in an apartment. Yeah, that's, it's been made into, like, four apartments yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And so she meets this lady who's going to show her the apartment. It's friend of a friend kind of thing. And she's like, oh, um, my name's Trish, and this is the apartment. And they kind of get to talking. And she shows her the apartment. The apartment is all the colors in this film are so vivid and technicolor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's but just also like dreamy. Yes, very dreamy. Cotton candy mm-hmm. kind of. Yes. So this apartment has a lot of occult and uh, like fantasy paintings mm-hmm. all over the place. She's like, this is perfect. I'm an artist and I, this is what I love. This is my perfect taste and she um because trish says she's a decorator and she decorated it Mm -hmm. which seems kind of crazy because trish seems very buttoned up to have decorated an apartment that looks like i think there's like this little talk at the beginning that she had decorated it for specifically for her friend who's just like elaine essentially yes yeah because she's i think her friend is part of the same coven as elaine i think her friend is the blonde that she that is like with alistair crowley type character or the or the Gayan is his yes. name. Um, Gayan or Gayan. I, I think remember. that was like her apartment or something. There's uh-huh. like a big. It's not really fully explained that part. They're all part of a coven. They're all yeah. They're all part except of a for coven. Trish, who's just real buttoned up. She has no idea. Like she knows her friend's a witch, but she is not. That's not her uh, cup of tea. And it's very like out 
that there's like witches in this town yeah, and, in, yeah. and San Francisco has witches yeah and she's like they're, they talk about it with her friend when she finally meets up with her friend that owned the apartment she's like oh this is perfect for me thank you so much she's like yes sorry I couldn't meet you she's like but this town is quaint and they're not too bad about us being witches yeah you know? and it's all very interesting that way what would you say like is your do you have a, a specific scene in the movie that you really felt was like your favorite or like like one of the visuals that you really liked um, I really like the Renaissance Fair at the end. Yes. It is yes. so, it is a, it is like what is happening. It is right what now. is happening. And I felt that this was like the biggest throwback to these 60s and 70s films where it's this uncanny valley thing that happens mm-hmm. where you're like, what, what, what is going on? Like, there's just like a Renaissance Fair in the woods. They just like happen upon it. And there's this thing happening that happens in all of these movies. I'm not saying that there's always a Renaissance festival, but there's always these weird laughing parts where you're like, what the, f- what are what people the laughing, are laughing about? <laughs> <laughs> like everything is so funny. Yeah. It's like, and the then ba- it gets you laughing because you're like, what? It's like the business that they give the background actors. Yes. But it's, no one's actually talking. They're just sitting to, at a table laughing and you're right. like, what is happening? happening yeah right. it's really yeah it's fun it's fun oh I loved all uh, of that part I too I, I even this Tanil and I a couple weeks ago were supposed to review this other movie and we got our wires crossed on whether we were going to watch it ahead of time or we were going to watch it together and I ended up watching it early and she was going to thought we were going to watch it together and it was like terrible terrible film and that film even had this and it was from um it was from the late from 60s. the actual era yeah, yeah. and uh it had that weird laughing stuff too. The back mm-hmm. background, everything was so funny. <laughs> We're having like, a fabulous time at the party. It, it's, <laughs> like, it's almost a little bit like that's what unnerves you. Yeah, that's the bit. uncanny valley because it you're is. like, what, what is, happening? is happening here? Yeah, everyone's that is a little bit unnerving about all the people in the background and in like her coven and stuff. They're just are all very knowing. It's almost like they know something that. Um, Elaine doesn't know and she's not going to figure it out. Yes. You just get that feeling like yes. you, you she does she's with them but she's not the same as them. She's with them but she's not the same. That's because perfect. there's something off about Elaine. Yeah. Whereas, or is there something off about them? Oh, both. Or but, both. But it, but Elaine is just not right in the head. And no. you just know that. <laughs> you just know it. You do. You just know it. And things, of course, for, for Elaine, as her many love interests come in and leave the the movie in various ways, um, you just start to see how more and more she's just not okay. Yeah, because she talks about, in order to keep a man, you must be this, you know, like, mm-hmm. she 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 has this feminine ideal that she's supposed to, well, you need to love a man completely and cook for them and take care of them and give them the freedom to do whatever they want. And all the other female uh-huh. characters in her her life, Trish included, and also the female, the her friend that is the head of the coven, yeah. um, they're like, no, honey, that's no, you don't not need it. To. Um, Elaine has a real problem with boundaries in general. In general, yeah. She has a problem with boundaries of like knowing her worth and mm-hmm. and and what she, what her worth is versus what she thinks it is, mm-hmm. and boundaries of like friendship mm-hmm. and boundaries of like society. Yes. And then like and she almost has this thing of like no fear. Yeah. Like she's not too concerned with getting caught. No. Doing anything that she's doing. Right. And you know. She just sets her sights on a man, and it does not matter what it takes to get that man. No. So um, that's, you know, the, the theme of the film really is just, like, 
the the to me was showing this ideal fe- female f- persona that w- we think should be is the ideal but really no it's not right. the ideal it's right. not it's actually kind of bad it's actually very bad yeah and like all the characters like her friend is like no we even her coven is like the the woman needs to know her worth and we want polarity between men and women it should be equality it should be they have their own different things but they right. come to the table equal and that's even her whole coven yeah. uh, teaches that but not elaine not elaine elaine's not buying into no. it no we should say, and we have not said it, that this film, it, um, heavy nudity. Oh. So, dingling. Wieners everywhere. Everything. Boobies. Bush. Yeah, it's all in there. It's all in there. So, hey. There's really only two sex scenes or three, like, scenes that allude to sex. Mostly it's just, like, coven nudity. Coven nudity, nudity, yeah. Yeah. And then there's, like, the sex scenes are, like, a, um, like it's, like, the 70s, like, it things get started and then there's like a warm there's a warm cutaway and swirling <laughs> yes. uh what do you call imposed images on yes. top of each other <laughs> there's there's prism sparkles mm-hmm. yeah it's fantastic i when we were thinking about like what our favorite scenes in the movie are i have to say that elaine's strip teases are some of my most favorite scenes of the film strip teases plural okay yeah. you guys there's a couple so... of strip teases and she has excellent lingerie sets Be gorgeous so fun to look at and also, like, just her, I just love the, I loved her little, like, striptease. I love it. Yeah. yeah. She drives her, her men wild, and, <laughs> and she throws her stockings at them, and, oh my god. There's one scene when she throws her bra, and the guy catches it, and he's just, like, rubbing Rub, it all, all, over, yeah, all his over his face. face yeah. Like, he is totally he is intoxicated by her. Yeah, she is intoxicating yeah. to these men. Yeah. So, yeah. So... I just think this movie is just so... I'm obsessed with it now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. I've already watched it again since you and I watched yeah. it. And also, um, I'm going to a Halloween par- party later, and I'm dressing as Elaine and the Love Witch. Uh, we're going to have to post a photo of that. You know I that, will. Right? I'll, I'll take a I picture. I can't wait to see that eye makeup, girl. Do I can't it. wait to do it. And I, I, bought, I got my wig, and my wig is, is fantastic. I can't wait to... Wi- oh, also, that's another word she says a lot, uh-huh. Elaine, in the Love Witch. But she doesn't say it the way we do. Uh-huh. She says, instead of saying, oh, that's fantastic, she'll say, that's fantastic. 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 It's very, like, very odd the way she mm-hmm. says, oh, that's fantastic. I loved, uh, another scene that I really loved is, oh, wait, I should tell you guys, if for some reason you start watching this film on Amazon and there is no opening credits yeah. to it, I don't know why. It started in the middle It started us. in the middle. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like we And need I was like, I, I think we need to go back and, like, restart. I feel like we, where was the opening credits? Well, it had skipped, like, the first 25 minutes of the movie. Yeah. So we had, so make sure that you see opening credits. The beginning of the film should be Elaine in her car. And I would love to talk to Anna Biller about what her uh, aesthetic as far as the colors, because there's different, like, there's different colors and different scenes and things like mm-hmm. that. And even in with Elaine's eye makeup. So it seems mm-hmm. like to me, when she's on the prowl, she's wearing the blue eye makeup. Mm-hmm. There's other scenes where she's wearing uh, purple. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want to know what that significant was. Mm, because this, is, this look is so deliberate. I'm, I, have to be, I have to think that there is absolutely a... a a meaning behind it and when they go to the the nightclub which mm-hmm. is it's like a gentleman's club but there's like women in there too it's like a burlesque club it's like a burlesque club it's like what it's like in 
I know what it is. It's like in James Bond, when they go to a strip club, these are what they always look like. Yeah. It's like no strip club ever has looked this cool. But this is what they look like in, in these. Oh, yeah. I, I remember the, the lady that I love, the... Um, April the Grey. April the Grey. April Showers. April Showers. She's She goes by April the Grey, but in this film she's um, called April Showers, uh, doing her burlesque. That was amazing. I know. Oh, I, I love it. that. She really had them tassels. Tasseling. She had them going on. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. Um, all of that, that's, everything's really red in there. Mm-hmm. Like the stage is red. The costumes and are Elaine red. And Elaine wears red when she mm-hmm. goes there the final night when she meets the police detective that she gets involved with. Oh, yeah. She's wearing red that night, too. That's right. Mm, that's because that's where it's lusty mm-hmm. it's all lusty I want to know and then when she's you know I just love it I love her elaborate uh, setup where she's making soaps and tinctures mm-hmm. and yeah it's just I just witch love bottles. this movie witch bottles yeah. yeah yeah. and even the girl that plays the the shop owner mm-hmm. that she comes to sell her stuff mm-hmm. out to she's a little bit like flat in a way that's like feels deliberate it is all of the flatness is deliberate yeah it's, it's so just good. perfect. It's so I, good. I just love this movie so much. I can't even. How many? So how? We definitely recommend it. Yeah. How many skulls are you gonna get? Oh, five skulls. Five skulls, me. Five out of five. Yeah. It, seven out of five. I mean, see I mean, this movie. Yeah. So is it going to terrify you? No, it's not that kind it's of. It's not a scary movie. I mean, there's there are horror elements. There's gore. There's horror elements. Um, there is uncanny valley, like I've said before. Yeah, there it's is a psychological. Some, yeah. There's also comedy in this. Though. There's a lot of comedy. There's just some funny things. And that there's happen. urine. There's, yeah, peeing in a jar, <laughs> use tampons. Oh, yes. Tampon it's, magic. I forgot about that. It's a real treat. Oh, you guys are going to love it. Definitely go see it. Mm-hmm. Or see it. Go see it. So go to your couch and see it. And that's it. On Amazon. Have a love witch party and watch it all together. Oh, my God. I would love to have a love witch party. Me, too. I would love it to be the scene from the medieval fair. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> but not the coven because I don't want to take off my clothes. Uh, not the coven because I did not want... The coven, the, the guy that's like the other leader of the coven with her friend, he's just like a really old ball sack of a man. I'm I just know. probably not nice. He's probably a deer. But it's just like, what is he <laughs> but doing he's, with no, a very he's meant young... To be, he's meant to be lecherous. There is a scene where he is lecherous with Elaine, yes. and she's like, ew, get off me. To the point that at first I thought, because she talks about like being like sexually abused yeah. at one point. And, and I'm I like, feel like it's him. that her dad? No. I know. But like, I, something happened with him. Yeah, there was like a weird yucky vibe with yeah. gave me the ick real bad and he and he talks about like missing the days when you could have sex with anyone and, and it's like oh shut up yeah then and all the girls kind of look at each other during like, that part oh, like yeah, okay. whatever remember those two twins i love gemini twins moon and star moon and star and their dance was just and they had a gold <laughs> leotard on and they had moon had a moon on her face and star had a star in her face oh my god i love so good sorry about the mic um that it was great Everyone go watch it and enjoy mm-hmm. it as as a sweet Halloween treat. It's like That's a right. cupcake of a Halloween it, movie. There's a lot of cake in this movie, yes, too. a lot of cake. So, <sighs> do you have anything to open the coffin lid for this week? I do. All right, let me... It is coffin lid season. Oh, Aunt Gert. Come on out. It's, it's so your nice time to, to shine, you. babe. It's your weekend. You can, you know what, Aunt Gert? We're not going to close the coffin lid on you because nope. we're going to let you be Roman all weekend. Yep, party it up. Make this town yours, babe. Yep. I love it. Um, okay, tell me, what what have you been, inge- what spooky things have you been consuming? So um, my kids and I um, have been watching horror movies just about every night. Mm-hmm. What, which spooky movie are we watching tonight? Right. So um, one night... We decided to go our separate ways for movie night because mm-hmm. they wanted to watch Barbarian. 
Mm -hmm. And I was saving that for us. And Mm -hmm. also, I was just not in that place to watch a real scary movie. Where you're going to be real, real scared. Which, yes. We're going to be next week. So I decided (laughs) to go in my room and watch the new Hellraiser. Mm -hmm. So I watched that. Oh, how was it? Um, It was good. It was, um, I feel like they could have done more with the scarier elements and made it more scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is visually very pretty, very interesting. Um, I think the music and some of the things needed to be scarier. Oh, okay. But um, it was a good movie. It mm-hmm. was a solid story. Um, I mean, it comes from Clyde Barker. So, like, they yeah. did more. Uh, I, I think this director and writers tried to do um, more, honestly, by Clive Barker's short story, which is called The Hellbound Heart. Mm-hmm. And I read it. I read it in the '90s. I haven't read it in a long time. But um, he, uh, Clive Barker, dreamed those characters, Ooh. which I find like, bro, like maybe, um, maybe relax, a little maybe a little bit. So, um, yeah. So it, the lead actress in it is beautiful, like in a very natural way. Mm-hmm. Like I like her. She was a really good actress. She did a really great job, and she plays a girl who's kind of down on her luck. Um, and not making a lot of money, and she's living with her brother and his boyfriend, and she pays him rent, but she's also an addict, and she's gone through treatment, and she's trying to avoid, because her vice is pills and drink, mm-hmm. and so she's trying to avoid all that, and her brother loves her, but he's also a little bit helicoptery. Mm-hmm. I don't think parents are in the picture. It's just her brother and his boyfriend, and she kind of dates this guy that they're all like, why are you with him? And... Mm-hmm. He kind of leads her down this rabbit hole, and she ends up with the box, which is the puzzle that brings right. the gate, the key to the gate. Uh, so it, it's really good. I think it's a fun film to watch. Um, I just w- I felt like I wanted to be a little more scared, but there's definitely gore, mm-hmm. lots of gore. Uh, but it, I but think we're going to uh, watch it this weekend. We just hadn't had a chance to watch it yet. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's good. So that's my coffin lid on that. And then also just my Halloween party tonight, which I'll, have, I'll post my pic. I can't wait to see. My Love Witch costume. I hear this Halloween party is a fabulous one each year. So Yes, it is. Um, shout out to Gabriella, my cousin, who throws it. And she usually does a theme. So my theme on Elaine will be a little different just because every character who goes to this party has to be dead. Oh. So I'm going to think of what Elaine might have done after the final scene. Mm. in the film i think oh good good idea so yeah Mm. so okay that's my coffin lids okay so my coffin lids are well of course we have watched all of the new unsolved mysteries oh yes me too and uh my husband and i watched them all together we really enjoyed them i mean there are definitely some episodes i like better than others you know what the only one i didn't watch we started to watch just because my kids are like oh ufos no so good i didn't finish the whole ufo one so so i need to finish that one that the ufo of course the ufo one and the navajo police one are my top of course uh, top two favorites yes there are some murder ones and some missing people ones and what i want to say about that is I appreciate that I think that they have took some of the criticism of the uh, the season two. Mm-hmm. They definitely changed the intro music a little bit, mm-hmm. and they made it a little bit better and a little bit more like the old one. Mm-hmm. And you still see Robert Stack at the In very the end. end. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that they are covering unsolved crimes that I've never heard of before. Yeah, yeah. And I do appreciate and that that one. 
the one with the girl on the tr- with the the girl in the train one I think it's called mile mile marker 45 mm-hmm. um that one I think there's some actual serious issues with and I feel very sad for the family mm-hmm. and I and I think that that is pretty straightforward what happened there but they're t- letting this family's goose chase continue and I don't really love that yeah but there are ones that are done very well I mean to me Honestly, the cryptids are always going to win. Oh, yeah. The UFOs are always going to win. Give me all There's of it. There's so much true crime. I would like to see some other stuff that's, like, supernatural and not yeah. true crime. But, um, you know, I'm still going to watch every single episode. So, oh, yeah. there you go. Well, the only thing I didn't really watch all of the other thing is the second season. It was just kind of a, full, a boring season. I hate to be that way. But I watched it, but I didn't like it. I'll be honest. Yeah, with you. it was just boring to me. My my husband had watched all of first season. He did not watch any of second season, and then he we've watched all of the because they're not releasing them all at once. They're yeah. releasing them in like. Sets. I think I got as far as the spy one on the second season, and I'm like, that's the first so, episode. Oh, see, yeah. I was just like, I'm so bored. I yeah. don't want to watch anymore. Yeah, I think honestly. The spy one was probably the best one of that season. Yeah, yeah. There was a, a lot, too, that I feel that it is wrong um, if it's, like, a suicide. Um, and they're like, well, but is it? But is it? And it was, like, giving these people false hope that I think, when some of them are straightforward suicides. Yeah. Like, well, the, like, like well, the, the Washington, D.C. guy that obviously had a mental break and they found him in the trash compactor. I don't know if you saw that one. Yeah, but I, I was saw like, this part guy, of that one. He obviously had a mental break. Yeah. Like, something happened. It's not, like, he, I don't think this was a... Uh, but I do feel like the one in Baltimore with... The, oh, well, yeah, I, I feel like there's something more to that there one. There is something that more one to that one. That one is more legit to me as far as being, no, there's, I just don't think this guy, he was a little cuckoo bird, but uh-huh. he also got involved with some cuckoo bird people, and his friend is so sketchy. Yeah. I, I just really think something happened to him. I will say, if you want to enjoy Unsolved Mysteries for what it is and to watch each episode and just think about, oh, what could have happened, and you don't want to have any of your feelings hurt, don't go to Reddit afterwards. Because if you go to Reddit Unsolved Mysteries, now they have, like, all the facts of the case yeah. that People were not who, covered. Like, yeah. actual, like, People I'm not just involved. talking about, like, keyboard warriors. I'm talking about, like, here are the documents. Here are the police reports. Here are the, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, well, this is not really as mysterious as it was. Now, not for that one. I haven't, I don't, about the guy on the roof, there's a lot of mystery there. But a, a few other ones, I'm like, I feel oh. like actually revisiting that. Um, season mm-hmm. on Reddit and see if anything has developed or changed yeah. since the airing of the, that yeah. first season. That would be interesting to know. But I've enjoyed all of them. I'm going to, I mean, like I said, there was there are some that I feel are not as strong as other episodes this yeah. season, but I loved that. The, to just, me, the Navajo one was I just want to hang out with those one. guys, the Navajo paranormal investigators yeah. that were a sect of the FBI. Is that right? No, they're or a sect they're, of the Navajo uh, the, police. The Navajo police because and they were, they were getting, handling all the paranormal cases. Yeah, because they were getting so many calls for mm-hmm. this stuff. And then what happened is they had a woman that lodged a complaint against because she had been attacked or her place where she had lived had been attacked by... Um, a Bigfoot, what yeah. she said. And then she, like, made a complaint against the police for them not taking her seriously. Yeah. And and because there had been so many sightings. There's a lot things. of activity in the area where they are. And that's a spooky area, man. It is. Just that desolate, and it's, like, otherworldly out there. It is. That's why, you know, that movie Nope kind of takes place out there in, mm-hmm. in the West. And, those, and it's just nothing but sky and mountains. Mm-hmm. And, like, kind of desolate mountains. Mm-hmm. That it's, like... Well, then they said that... The 
I think I'm going to get this right, that the entire size of the Navajo Nation mm-hmm. grounds there is the same size as West Virginia. Yeah. So imagine big. if you're crossing across a reservation, it would take you oh, an entire day or more right. to drive. It's, I mean, so it's so many things can be happening there. It's such a vast space, and it's not. It's not very populated. It's, yeah, not densely yeah. populated. And these two guys, that, this was their job because, you know, these people, when you're seeing the interviews of them, they are just living life. They're not yeah. they're not uh, fame seekers or cuckoo or they're just saying, listen, this is what happened to me. Okay? To me, they were all extremely believable. I think so, too. Yeah. Even with that UFO one, to me, for that one, the volume of people who saw something mm-hmm. – it just, I mean... And the amount of people, there was a couple of people on there, um, one guy I'm thinking of in particular, and then a woman that were like, um, I did not tell anyone because I thought I'm sounding crazy. This guy basically lost his job, had to move jobs yeah. because of what he saw. Right. And it's just like... No one wants that. No one wants that. No one wants people to think that you're some kind of batshit person when right. you just are talking you about what you saw something and you don't know what it is yeah there was nobody laying on the ground pretending to be a baby though there and that is disappointing but that is you know disappointing. i'm glad for them as people mm-hmm. as a viewer maybe disappointed but i'm glad as that for, for you know for their sake that they didn't lay on the ground and exactly. act like a baby well since we're keeping our coffin a little open so that aunt gert can roam this weekend mm-hmm. um i did want to say the things that are getting me through the long dark night are also spooky. Yeah. So if you have any anything to share, but my thing is, is let, I'm just going to give you a little recap of like what I'm thinking of doing to really embrace the fall this weekend. Mm-hmm. We went to see Beetlejuice in the park. Fun. That was amazing. Next year, we're making that happen with us. Okay. Um, I really, really enjoyed the entire experience. We took our, my middle kid, well, he couldn't go, but our oldest um, and then our youngest so 21 and 10, and then my husband and I, and then a, a couple friend of ours, we went out there to St- North Straw Park. Um, it, they had the inflatable thing. They had this band opening. Um, the band was called Bohemian, uh, Bohemian something, but it was all covers. Oh, it was fun. like all jangly covers of like spooky songs and stuff. Okay. So it was fun. Mm-hmm. There was like food vendors there. We brought our dinner, mm-hmm. public subs. We had to bring a pub sub. And um, just ate under the stars, had a little charcuterie, and just like enjoyed watching Beetlejuice. And it was our 10-year-old's first time to see it, and he loved oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's, that is a really cool way to watch it the first oh, time. Oh, my gosh. It was so fun. And that is when I learned who, in fact – can be the um, person that can speak all of the words of our heart. And I've known it, but I haven't thought about it in so long until seeing this movie. And that is truly Winona Ryder's character of... Lydia Dietz. <laughs> Lydia Dietz mm-hmm. in Beetlejuice. Some of her quotes in that movie, I was looking to find the one that I really loved, but I was like, she was like, I'm not afraid of dead things. I'm already dead inside. Like yeah. everything that she's saying, I'm like, Lydia. I know. Yes, Lydia. That was me as you're a teenager. A, you're a girl. I just love her so much. I know. And Jack at the end when it started, like the dancing and started happening at the very end when she's like, he's like, okay, you can do it or whatever. And she like floats up in the air. Jack was loving it so much. Him and Lily were dancing and it was just Aww, really fun. It was so a really, sweet. really fun time. I love it. Yeah. So we enjoyed that. And then I think there's an area of our town called Old Northeast. And it is a really fun place to go for trick-or-treating because it's a, like 
old, old homes, like 1920s or even earlier maybe. It was like the first area. After Rosa Park, it's like the second area of St. Pete that got expanded. Mm-hmm. And so they – and it's a lot of money in that area. Mm-hmm. And they just go all oh, out. Yeah. And so I'm not going to go on trick-or-treating because it's too much. It, it gets wild down come, there. Like, people drive in to come to that. But I think I'm going to try to go tonight and just wander around when it's not quite dark yet and look about and see – what kind of magic is afoot? What I like kind of it. Halloween spooky decor is afoot? I have no plan except just to go there. I, I might go by Crescent Heights first because that neighborhood also has some. Mm-hmm. And um, listener Piper, she lives over there. I might try to kidnap her mm-hmm. and just walk around that and experience the, the decorations. I love it. Unfortunately, my 10-year-old wants to go to his friend's house on Halloween. So we're not going to get to go and do like a spooky fun neighborhood. But yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what, oh, and then St. Pete tomorrow is doing a close down the entire Central Avenue. Mm-hmm. I think it's like 45 blocks, which seems like, heck, can that be 45 blocks? I wonder if, because I live so close over there, I wonder if in the 20s in Central Avenue will be something's up. Yes, because I, it is. I, we could just walk over there. Yeah, it is. It's, it's start, like five it's blocks starting from at my the house edge of six blocks. Okay. It's like from the edge district. It can't be 45 blocks. That's not right. It's got to be like 15 blocks. Yeah. But um, it's got it's like the starting at the edge district. I think the beginning of it is like where Bandit is. And it's like Bandit and then to the east. Uh-huh. So all along there, it's closed. So no car traffic mm-hmm. and just foot traffic. And there's like trick-or-treating. But main thing I'm going for, and this is what I like, I got to find out what time it's happening, is they have an amazing dog Halloween costume at the dog oh. bar. My God. And it was my favorite thing I saw last Halloween. And then oh. there's a drag show. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, we maybe need yes. to connect about that tomorrow. Yes, anytime. Hit me up. I'm, we are going to actually take our maiden voyage on the Sunrunner. Mm-hmm. So we're going to walk from our house to where the, the new bus, the Sunrunner, is because it's free. Mm-hmm. And we're going to ride it down there. That sounds so great. So then we don't have a car to deal yeah, with. Yeah, you don't have to park. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the Sunrunner is a new transportation in St. Petersburg, Florida that um, takes you from the beaches to downtown. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a new, you know, a lot of people, this is a destination for people to come travel and, you know, a lot of people want to stay on the beach or they, you know, and it's yeah. just a good, it's a good thing for our city. Some people would complain because they have taken up a lot of space on first Ave North mm-hmm. and South, but you know, change is change. Change is change. You'll, you'll be okay. I will admit we are a household divided on this, Yeah, but I am, trying to this you know me i'm gonna always um embrace the optimism and mm-hmm. i'm gonna be like i think it sounds great let's mm-hmm. try it out sure who cares if it's if it's for the tourists we need them yeah they, i mean they yeah. irritate me anyway let's get them off the roads on a bus that's right so they don't have to make a dis- split decision in the middle of the road to mm-hmm. like yeah so anyway yeah yeah so good yeah so we have a fun weekend planned i can't wait to hear about your halloween party and how mm-hmm. spooky it was Send me lots of pictures. I will. And my long dark night about that too has just been spending some time with my kids and um, my daughter in particular. She's going off to the Coast Guard within a month. And so, and her boyfriend, he's been hanging out with us a lot. And we've just been, I've just been enjoying hanging out. And the other night I had them watch Teen Witch with me. And they love it. They loved it. I was so happy. I'm like, I'm just going to let you know that Teen Witch is the greatest film ever made. So you need to appreciate it before we go into it. Like I let them know, there's a lot of emotional value at stake for me here. Because I used to come home every day after middle school and in my freshman year in high school and watch it all the time. It's a very comfy movie for you. It surely is. Mm-hmm. So um, it was that was a real treat. And then we have still have pumpkins to carve at my house. We do too. Yeah. So we're going to be doing that. So lots of... 
uh, warm, fuzzy Halloween times are ahead. Yes, I cannot wait. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. You too. Well, listeners, it's been so good to be with you. I think we're going to talk to you next week about Barbarian. Yes. We're, we're so scared, we're gonna but we're going to watch it. We're going to watch it together. Yes. Um, and so you'll hear that coming from us. We're continuing to read Salem's Lot. At some point, we're going to um, get through that entire book, and then we're going to talk about it. If you have any um, Halloween happenings you want to tell us about, hit us up at darknesslovesuspod at gmail.com or on our Instagram at darknesslovesus. Um, we have a link tree there. You can hit all of our stuff. We have a bunch of content on our Patreon that is not available anywhere else, so you can listen to a lot of episodes there. Yeah, so find us on our Patreon because we love bringing you content, and we we any uh, we anything would help it to bring you the fantastic content we continue to bring. Yeah, and it's we're cheap. We are cheap. Dollar a month, three dollars a month. You know, you know. What you else? always heard we're cheap, and we are. I, I cheap and trashy. You know exactly. Well, I love it, and um, just want to. Thank all of our listeners and um, hope that you all had a wonderful spooky season. And don't forget that spooky season isn't over. Don't be sad. We're going to keep being spooky here. So keep joining us week to week. Bye. Bye.